0: Good morning, good morning everyone, time to start this morning, it's so glad to see everyone, I'm glad you could uh, brave the, the cold and the weather to come, come to worship this morning, and if you could not, we hope that you're warm at home online. Let's start this morning with 122, the love of God, and if you don't mind, if you're able, please stand with me as we sing.
1: Since the love of God has shed Christ's blessings on my head,
2: Good morning everybody. We're certainly glad you're here on this uh, crazy week that we've uh, just enjoyed. We're certainly glad you're here. It's good to see your smiling faces, your healthy faces, and for those online we're always glad to have you here in attendance with us and you're part of this church family and we appreciate what you do and and all your prayers and comments about what we do here. Uh, It's So good to see everybody. It's been a crazy week out there uh last week we were at home watching online and uh no uh yesterday i got out for most of the day and i think i got a sunburn so i don't know how that happens uh but uh, hopefully everyone has uh survived this week and uh that we all have uh shelter water food and electricity so uh if you have a need out there, just contact one of the elders or the staff, and uh, we'll see what we can do to help you out. Uh, we received uh, an update uh, of note from uh, the Transier and the uh, Deliver Day family. Uh, as far as the Deliver Day family, it says we need some prayers for Jock's family. Our nephews were, in bad, were involved in a bad rollover tonight, and this was... Uh, Yesterday it was sent, so the truck is totaled and they are banged up pretty good. We just took them home. Their mom, Jock's sister, fell on the ice Saturday on her face and her hip. It is in pretty bad shape. Uh, we and the boys took her home just now and saw her face. We were uh, going to take her to direct care in just a few hours. Praying for nothing. That, that nothing is broken. Lauren said it's going to be okay to announce in class, and we also pray for Jock's sister, Tina Clower and the boys, and Brady and James, and uh, they've been here a couple of times, so we want to keep them in our prayers. And also from the Transier family, uh, James's grandfather passed away on Wednesday. Uh, tomorrow we will have his funeral service in Jacksonville and a day to spend with their family. If you would please say a prayer for... James, his papa, and him were very close. Uh, he was named after his papa. His grandmother Lila, his mother Rhonda, and his aunts Lanita and Tracy are having a hard time in the loss as well. He was a great man and loved by many. Isn't that a sweet way to remember somebody? Uh, we want to. Uh, let me get here. I want to uh, let the proverbial cat out of the bag on this uh, issue. Uh, God willing, this October we will have a guest speaker who will bring a series on Christian evidence. Kyle Butt, who served served in the Bible Department at Apologetics Press the last 20 years, will be here to teach more of us about this topic. And we ask that you begin planning for this seminar and think of those you can invite to hear what what he has to say. It will be an educational, inspiring, and give us strength in what we believe as Christians. More on this as uh, that time draws a little nearer. But that's not only good for us, I mean, uh, this is good for any church, congregational, or whatever, uh, because we all believe that God created us, uh, whether you're you know, denominational church or what? It's it's something that anyone can hear. So we're all excited about that. I will be in room one twelve after church this morning. If you have any prayer needs or concerns, or just want to chat, uh, the elder who speaks up here each Sunday is uh, involved with that. So be glad to be back there and and do anything I can for you. I'd like to read from Hebrew Hebrews four sixteen. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let us go to our Father in prayer. Dear Lord, we humbly come before you and know that we don't deserve what we ask, that we yearn to see your glory as you restore this dying land. We need your grace and mercy. We need to pray like never before. We need the power of your holy spirit to open heaven's door. Touch this church and stir our, stir our hearts again. Revive us with your passion to help and care for others like you care for us. We know that you're good and we're not. Forgive us from our sins as we forgive others. We pray that we will be faithful Christians and put you first in our lives and pray for our neighbors, the lost, our families, whether physical or spiritual, in this country and world. We pray that you will give us what we need to make us better Christians and to turn more into a cross-like people. We thank you for West Irwin and all that you have allowed us to do. We pray for our mission work, our Hispanic brothers and sisters and the work that they are involved with, our benevolent work, the Children's and Youth Group Ministries, the Tuesday Lunch Bunch, our Young at Heart group, Lord, who, who has been almost a year now since we were able, able to fellowship in person, and we so much miss that. And We pray that we can get together soon. We ask that you bless our staff, Lord, and all that they do and to help this church and to help us care for one another, to teach one another, in in turn to help seek and save the lost. We pray for our deacons and their families and pray for those on the search committee to find a new youth minister. Please bless every family represented here today and hear our daily prayers. We thank you for the fellowship in this church, even in times like these when we're not able to lift each other up. But we are, Lord, with words, cards, text, and in kind deeds and in prayer. We thank you for those. We pray for those, Lord, who were affected around this world, in this nation, uh, due to the storms last week. We pray that those who are in need due to health issues and those who have lost loved ones, we pray for the Lee and Bell family and the loss of Jean. We pray for continued healing for Donnie Carnathan, Callie Huff, Dot White, and for Dale as well. We pray for Terry Frick's upcoming surgery. We pray for our members who have COVID and for those who have lost loved ones this year. We pray for the Delivade family, Lord, and their loss not lost but the accident that they were involved with lord that everyone may be healed and they will uh, live a healthy life and and not be uh, banged up a long time and we also pray for the the james's family lord and Transir family and well as as a whole give them peace and comfort in the passing of his grandfather We ask uh, that you be with our children today, Lord, as they show their enthusiasm and love for you through the efforts of Bible Bowl and for all those who've had a part in this program. We give you the glory and honor. Help us to be the light that someone notices this week, that they may see Jesus living in us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.
3: Gathering some thoughts for our time this morning around the table, I uh, kept having a phrase run through my head, and it's on point with today's subject matter, and that is God is love. God is not like love, God is not similar to love, God is love. How do we know that? Well, the reason, one of the reasons we're here this morning is to gather around the table to commemorate sacrifice his son his only son while we were yet sinners and we did not deserve it in scripture very familiar scripture 1st John 4 and 8 he that loveth not knoweth not God for God is love and of course, John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Of the attributes of God that we can think of, including love, one of my favorite is long-suffering. I'm so thankful that our Father is long-suffering. Second Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is longsuffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. What that means to me is that God will be patient, even though I keep doing the wrong thing. And he will wait for you to come back and repent. Another familiar passage is 1 Corinthians 13. And since God is love, I am replacing the word love in this passage beginning with verse 4 with God or reference to God. And it goes like this God is patient, God is kind, He does not envy, He does not boast. He's not proud. He doesn't dishonor others. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrongs. He does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. He always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. He never fails. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful for your son, the sacrifice that he made. We know that without your strength, and without your wisdom, and without your patience, we are but weak and pitiful creatures. As we approach your throne this morning, Heavenly Father, and we prepare to partake of the bread which represents the body of your son, the bread of life, pray that we'll do so in a manner pleasing to thee. Christ, we pray. Amen. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we know that it's the blood of Christ that continually cleanses us. We are so thankful that we have access to that cleansing blood. As we prepare to take of this fruit of the vine, which represents the blood of Christ, pray that we will do so in a manner that's pleasing to thee. Pray through Christ. Amen. Amen. Separate from our communion service this morning, we want to take this time to make some comments about our giving. uh, We're a blessed church. We have folks that give here. We have folks that give online in many different ways, and we're so thankful that we're doing something here that people want to support. So we want to take this time to thank everyone and to ask for God's blessing on the way we handle his money shall we pray Heavenly Father we're so thankful that we have a place to worship we're so thankful that we have homes and food to eat clothes to wear Heavenly Father, we we know we are blessed, and we're so thankful that you look after us and make sure that we have the things that we need. Heavenly Father, we are humbled uh, at times like this and how vulnerable we really are and how much that you actually take care of us. Please bless us this morning as we give, and may we give with a cheerful heart. We pray through Christ. Amen. Well,
0: it's that time for our young ones to head to the blast program for their morning blast-off everyone else, if you wouldn't mind, if you could stand with me as we sing, I Stand Amazed.
4: Did you have a good Valentine's Day last Sunday? (laughs) You're thinking, was that just a week ago, Bill? Yeah, Valentine's Day one week ago. And I hope you enjoyed the day. We weren't able to meet. We were all doing what you all are doing, worshiping online last Sunday and appreciated uh, those who helped put that together. We're thankful for that as an option and we're glad that this week that's not the only option. Uh, but we're grateful for the blessing uh, that that is. And again, as has been said, welcome to all of those who are joining us uh, through our multiple online options. And uh, and so it's it's hard to believe that uh, just one week has passed since last Sunday, uh, because this has been quite a week. I hope, as others have shared, uh, that you are doing well and that all of your loved ones are well. Uh, we are in the process, in Tyler, of... Having drinking water out of the faucet, we're not there yet. We're still under uh, a requirement of boiling water before consumption. And hopefully that will be uh, uh, remedied uh, tomorrow or perhaps at the latest on, on Tuesday. So be cautious, be careful, be smart, uh, and be safe. be Also be considerate and check on others that you know might be uh, needing someone to give them some encouragement Uh, or help. Uh, One of the things that 2020 has taught us and now (laughs) so far January and February 2021 have taught us is that um, we are not as much in control as we may have thought and it's okay to learn to be flexible and things don't always work out the way we anticipate they're going to and the way we expect them to and that's just the nature of this world. And so uh, I remember when I was going to uh, Ukraine a few years while we were in North Carolina and we worked with summer youth Bible camps, uh, did everything the kids did, ate everything the kids ate. Uh, Yes, I said that, that is the truth. And just uh, met together, played together, um, uh, enjoyed life together and tried to share a little bit of the love and word of Christ Uh, together with them. And it was a grand experience, but one of the things I learned (laughs) from that experience is to be flexible. Because we were there as guests of the country, really, but also as guests of the camp. And so when the camp decided to change the schedule, we just went with it. And that was the way that was. And so that's kind of how we're living these days, isn't it? We're just going to go with whatever that situation is and make the best of it. And so many of you are doing just that, providing for your own self and your family, providing for others as well, and checking on them. that's a great, uh, great blessing, and we're thankful for all of you. Um, I like this story that you've probably heard before. Uh, This woman writes, while browsing in a Christian bookstore one day, I discovered a shelf of reduced-price items. Among the gifts was a little figurine of a man and woman, their heads lovingly tilted toward one another. Happy 10th anniversary, read the inscription. It appeared to be in perfect condition, yet its tag indicated it was damaged. Examining it more closely, I found another tag underneath that said, Wife is coming unglued. Well, I think we're all coming unglued a bit over the last several months and certainly over the last several days. Uh, And that's okay. Again, that's a part of the human condition, a part of the human experience. And so we help each other uh, during those times uh, when it seems like we're a bit unglued. Um, In Romans 5, Paul is going to speak of how Jesus is the demonstration of God's unconditional love love. I think as Matt shared with us around the table, you could hear his heart in those words and in his prayers. And I think it goes back to this great fact. God's love is truly unconditional. He will tell us that not only are we justified by Christ's sacrifice and credited with righteousness through him, but we also have life through him. And so that's kind of where we are as we get to Romans 5, having gone through Romans 1 through 4. Because the great book of Romans begins with a strong statement of the power and uh, authority and divinity of Jesus Christ. He was declared with power to be the Son of God through the resurrection, Paul says as he begins this great book. Later on in chapter 1, he says, even to those in Rome, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for in the gospel, the power of God is revealed. And he says, in that righteousness of God that is revealed through his power, the statement comes that that righteousness comes by faith, because the just, the righteous, will live by faith. Uh, Then he gets into why that's needed. Because all of the non Jews are guilty of sin. That's the rest of chapter one. All of the Jews are guilty of sin. Chapter two and part of chapter three. Because even though they had the law, they didn't obey it. And we come down to chapter three, and he says, There is none righteous. No, not even one. And God could have left it right there. And God would have been justified, His holiness would be intact. His justice would be intact. But because of God's unconditional love, he sought another way. And we're introduced to that in the middle of chapter 3. As it talks about how this righteousness that comes from God is available by faith to all who believe. Whether Jew or non-Jew. And the reason why it's available to all is because all have sinned and come short of God's glory on their own. And so by ourselves it's true we are bad and only God is good but we are good because God is good and because he has shared his love, his unconditional love with us. Chapter 4 we read about how that uh, blessing of God's love was something that Abraham trusted in. Something that King David trusted in. Because just like We are. They were justified by faith. And so, as we get to Romans chapter 5 now, we make this great statement that captures several key words in these first few verses of Romans 5. Being justified by faith through the love of Christ, we now have peace with God and hope for eternity. That's a very full statement. And yet all of those statements are found in these first few verses of Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, again looking back on the first four chapters, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Other passages such as James 1 and 2 Peter 1 talk about this idea of building character building perseverance building hope and a lot of times that comes as james especially says through suffering and paul certainly says that here as well we glory in our sufferings not because we're masochistic not because we would wish that on ourselves or anyone else but because we realize god's purpose can still be fulfilled in spite of our sufferings. And that many times, God's purpose is fulfilled actually through our sufferings. Because God sees a bigger picture than just what we're going through right now. And God sees a bigger picture than us. But rather, He sees what the things that we go through, how that can help and serve others, not just ourselves. And so we see God's great purposes lived out here. Um, I'm not sure that if I had called you this week and quoted to you uh, some of these verses that we glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character and character hope. Hope, You probably would have hung up the phone on me (laughs) and said, give me a give me a couple of hours here, Bill, and I'll get back with you. I just need to to kind of blow off some steam for a moment and that's okay again that's part of the human condition in our grander moments we realize that these words are true as we're going through it it's hard as we're going through it it's hard and that is uh something that uh we're all going through now because of this coronavirus because of these winter storms because of power outages and uh Water uh, blockages. I remember when we were in Ukraine, uh, I, one of the trips that I made with the church from Arlington is we would have a, a, a teapot always on the stove, boiling water. Because though it, once it cooled, that was the water that we used to drink or to brush our teeth. We had bottled water typically to drink when we could get it, but that's the water that we used to wash our hands, wash our face, brush our teeth, those kinds of things. And, uh, and I, I've i thought this week uh, that one of the great blessings of these last several months and certainly this last week, these last several days here in Texas, is a greater appreciation for other people in this country, but also around the world, who don't have a lot of the blessings that we have. A lot of the things that have been right at our fingertips, uh, typically have not been available over the last several days. And it's a good thing for us, perhaps, to go through that every so often. Not often. God, did you hear that? Not often. But sometimes. Because it reminds us of the ones who aren't quite as blessed as we are on a day-by-day routine. And it calls us to be prayerful and helpful for them as well. Christians are unique in that we live our lives with peace and hope and joy even when times are hard. As you've heard me say many times, we don't deny the reality of the hardship. We just accept it and meet it head on and recognize that God's presence is there with us through it and that God is working even in the midst of that hardship. And that's part of the difference we recognize God will see us through all of that is because of God's great unconditional love he loves us and his love for us is unconditional and that doesn't mean that everybody is going to be saved no matter what they do or how they act whether they respond to Jesus by faith or whether they never believe in him at all that's not the same thing To say that God loves us unconditionally, I believe, is a true and biblical statement. It's why Jesus came. And as we're going to see in just a moment, Jesus came not when we were doing good, but when we were at our worst. Why? Because we deserved it? No, because God loved us. Because as Matt said, God is love. And his love for us is absolutely unconditional. He will never stop loving us. He will never stop loving you. Never. Paul contrasts in Romans 5, the spiritual death in Adam that we have with the eternal life that we have through Jesus Christ. He's contrasted Abraham and David, brought them in, And now he turns to the expression of the first human, Adam, and the sin that he introduced. So a couple of things about this. Number one, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He talks about Christ and then talks about Adam. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God's love is unconditional through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And it's especially seen in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Romans 5, beginning at verse 6. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. Not only is this so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. He uses that argument of how much more. The writer of Hebrews uses that called the Homer argument a lot in the book of Hebrews, comparing if this was true with God, then how much more would this be true? Because if if that's true, then surely this is true. And that's what Paul does here as he is comparing that righteousness that God gives us, that gift of Jesus Christ, with him carrying it out to completion. Seeing us justified and saved and ultimately in his presence as reconciled, brought back together with the one who died and now lives for us a great statement that he comes back to in Romans chapter 8 when he says, look, if if God will give his own son, he will not withhold anything from reaching out to us. And that's exactly right. All of this is based on God's unconditional love. Again, we look up to those verses in verse 6. It was while we were still powerless... That Christ died for the ungodly. When we, We couldn't do anything to save ourselves. God created us so that we could be in relationship with Him. He said, if you will be in relationship with me, if you will be obedient to me, I will always bless you. And then we disobeyed. And we broke that relationship. And that required God to act. Because we could not. There was nothing we could do because we had broken that relationship. We had sinned ourselves. And now we were totally reliant upon God to do something. And the great blessing of the gospel is that God acted. He acted in our behalf. He sent his one and only son. As John 3 shares, as Matt said, He loved us so. Why did my Savior come to earth? Because he loved me so. So. No, that is the only reason why he did that. Because he would have have been just fine not doing that. Better, in fact. Not having gone through everything that he went through. Here on this earth. For us. Why? Why would he do such a thing? Because he loved me so. And that's the only reason. Jesus himself says in John 15 that there's no greater love that anyone would have than to give his life for someone. And as Paul talks about that here in Romans 5, he says, you know, some people will do that. They will go to such a point that they would give their lives for someone else, but typically they give their lives for someone who is worth dying for. Very rarely... But sometimes someone will give their life for a righteous person, Paul says. But here's the thing about Jesus. It's that while we were unrighteous, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we were ungodly. What he saw on the cross that day was not me at my best moment, my most faithful moment. Brave, courageous, speaking out for him, telling Satan no... He saw me at my worst. And he saw you at your worst. And that's why he gave his life. And that's the true demonstration, verse 8 says, of his love. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. The love of God will never fail nor lose its glory till we see him face to face. Truly God is love. But now Paul contrasts this love of God seen in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ with Adam and the sin and death that Adam introduced into the world. Death reigned from the time God's eternal love, unconditional love, is seen in Jesus Christ. But death reigned from the time of Adam. The condemnation and death brought into the world through Adam is contrasted with the justification and life which come through Jesus Christ. We have life through Christ. But the reason we had to rely on that is because of the death that sin brings and adam brought that sin into the world in romans chapter 5 beginning in verse 12 therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin and in this way death came to all people because all sin to be sure sin was in the world before the law was given but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. And so just like he says in Romans chapter 1, look, that sin existed even without the law. And the punishment for sin is death. And so even though there was no law before Moses, there was still responsibility and accountability to God And sin brought death. And so death reigned from Adam to Moses. Verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass or sin. For if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to the many? And so let's be careful how we apply this because he's making his point that that just as sin and death is universal because we've all sinned, as he said in chapter 3, not because Adam sinned. Sin is a reality because Adam sinned. I am responsible and accountable and guilty before God because I sinned. The prophet Ezekiel makes a big point of that in Ezekiel chapter 18 when he says the soul that sins is the soul that shall die. The parent shall not bear the responsibility of the child, neither shall the child bear the responsibility of the Parent, but the soul that sins is the soul that will die. And yet, Paul acknowledges that before Adam, sin and death were not a reality in the world. But because that sin was brought in through that one man, because we have all sinned, now that sin and death is universal. But in the same way, the salvation comes through one man Jesus Christ. Verse 16, nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Again, if Adam was the only one that had sinned, then, then Jesus, I think, still would have come, but he would have come for the sake of Adam. But because there are many trespasses and many sins, and not just Adam's, Jesus came to save me and he came to save you and he did that because of god's universal unconditional love verse 17 again for if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man how much more will those who receive god's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man if god is going to make accountable God is going to bring about salvation. Verse 18, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. And again, these words don't Negate everything that's already been said. Such as the reason that faith is available for all is because all have sinned. Not because Adam sinned, but because all have sinned and fall short of God's glory. And all are justified freely by the grace of God through the response of faith. It's the point he's been making for five solid chapters. It's the point he will continue to make until he ultimately applies it in our everyday lives, starting in chapter 12. Just as people have free choice through the sacrifice of Christ to individually choose righteousness in life, we each individually have free choice through the fall of Adam to choose sin and death. God will not make us be obedient. He will not make us follow him. We see that in the life of Jesus as we read through the Gospels. We're amazed that this Son of God, who had the power to force obedience and service and worship of Him, did not do it. He did not. Why? Because God wants relationship with us. He wants us to respond out of gratitude and love. Remember, this is offered to help explain the understanding that the righteousness of God comes only through the gift and grace of God by faith in Christ and not by our own personal attainment through obedience to law. Well, he's hit this subject pretty hard for four chapters. We can't save ourselves. We can't be good enough. We've all sinned. Abraham was justified by faith. And it was reckoned, credited to him as righteousness. David was justified by faith. And he even expressed how blessed are all of those whose sins the Lord has forgiven. Adam brought sin and death into the world. And so Jesus Christ was called upon to bring hope and forgiveness and life. And so if we are hearing him right, We may be a bit uncomfortable with Paul's message so far. I don't know if you have felt that way or not. Perhaps you haven't. These words from Romans 5 verses 20 and 21. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase. But where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The unconditional love and the unmerited favor or grace of Jesus Christ just keeps piling up and piling up and piling up. Why? Because our sins keep piling up and piling up and piling up. And because of God's unconditional love, he provided a way for us to have the righteousness, not our own, but the righteousness of God that comes through God's grace, through our response of faith. And if we're hearing him right, we're a bit uncomfortable with that. Because it really sounds like God's just going to save everybody. It really sounds like nobody deserves God's grace it really sounds like I can't do anything to bring about my salvation. And here's the truth. I can't do anything to bring about my salvation. That is his message for five whole chapters. And he lays out that argument beautifully to where it cannot be questioned. And I want you to know, Bill, the good Church of Christ preacher feels a bit uncomfortable with that (laughs) because I want to hear what people have to do to be saved. That's what I want to know. I want to know what's required of me. I want to know what commandments I have to obey. But the truth of the gospel is this. Without the death burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is no answer to that question other than none and nothing. Without the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, there is nothing you can do to respond in faith. You can be baptized every single day the rest of your life, and if the blood of Jesus was not shed for you, it would not matter. It would not matter. I was once asked at about this stage of a study through the book of Romans by a very faithful church member, not here, somewhere else. He asked me this question. This was his literal exact question. He asked, Bill, when are you going to get off this grace kick? When are you going to get off this grace kick? What did he want to hear? I want to hear you telling these people how they're supposed to change their lives. I want to hear you telling people that are wrong how they're wrong and how I'm right. Bill, when are you going to get off this grace kick? And it was one of those, I can honestly tell you, very rare instances (laughs) where I believe the Holy Spirit led me to say these exact words. Well, as soon as Paul does, I will. And the truth is, the truth is, Paul doesn't for a while. He makes this point, this statement of God's unconditional love first of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, of how we were dead in our sins, of how we all had sinned and fallen short and needed desperately someone to act in our behalf because we could do nothing, nothing to bring about our forgiveness and our salvation. Bill, when are you going to get off this grace kick? Well, as soon as Paul does, I will. And Paul doesn't for five whole chapters. Now, he'll allude to it in the next chapter. So you, like me, will be very relieved to hear that. (laughs) And then he goes right back to it in chapters 7 through 11. And then finally, finally, in chapter 12, he begins to talk about, well, here's how you're supposed to live And see, that's where we want to start. We're a bit uncomfortable hearing about the actions of God and the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God without that added message that says, okay, now here's the thou shalts and the thou shalt nots. But the truth is, without that grace of God, without that unconditional love of Christ, we could not do enough good. We could not refuse to do enough evil to matter. That is the gospel. That's why it's such good news. Because it's not based on your righteousness. It's not based on your obedience. Or mine. Because we stand before God as sinners. Convicted of death. Without the blood of Christ. Paul is going to speak strongly about righteousness living later in Romans. And for many of us, we can't wait to get there. (laughs) He'll allude to that in chapter 6, as I said, and really focus on it in chapter 12 through the rest of the book. But before we can hear the call to live obedient lives, we must first of all hear this message. Our righteousness living is the effect of our salvation and not the cause Please, please hear this. Our righteousness living is the effect of our salvation and not the cause. Our righteousness living does not bring about our salvation. It does not bring about that life for which we hope. It is the result of that always in scripture always in new testament it is god acting and blessing us and are responding with a life of faithfulness and trust and obedience because if it's based on my obedience i will have no security ever no assurance of salvation because i'm a sinner our righteousness living is the effect of our salvation and not the cause. This is why we can do what our shepherd quoted from in Hebrews chapter 4. This is why we can go before the throne of God with confidence. Knowing that he will hear us and he will bless us. And he will grant us the grace and the love with which we come to him to receive. Why? Because of his unconditional love. Love. The cause is the unconditional love of God seen in the death of Jesus Christ. Before we're ready for the call to obedience, which he will hit very strongly in the book of Romans. We must first hear the message that, like Abraham, we were credited with righteousness when we did not deserve or earn it. We must first be able to realize and experience, like David did, the incredible blessing it is to have your sins forgiven. We must first be able to comprehend that though sin and death were introduced to this world through Adam, forgiveness and life have been given to us through Jesus Christ. Only then will we be able to hear the call to live faithfully to our God and our Savior through our righteousness living. Only then, only through Christ only through God's unconditional love will we be able to obey that call this morning if we can help you come to this God who loves you unconditionally we'd love to do that come as we stand sing our song together
1: have you hearts that's we
0: and we thank you for the grace that you also extend to us. We know we can't do it without you, nor would we want to. We need you, and we we thank you so much for being there with us. Thank you for allowing us to be here today. We ask that you be with us as we depart, keep us safe on the roads. Those that could not be here today, we ask that you be with them, uh, whether it's illness or uh, fear of traveling, whatever it might be, just please be with us all. Be with us this next week and uh, again we thank you for your son and we ask your forgiveness in jesus name i pray amen